Amen. I am a, I'm always proud to be your pastor, but I'm never more proud as when I get to baptize a young person. Because I'm going to tell you guys, anybody that works with the kids, that's fruit of your labor. That's fruit of your labor. Parents, that's fruit of your labor. And, and, and I'm really, really thankful for that. Guys, going to take out your message notes. Uh, we're going to be still continuing to rethink in your life. Last couple of weeks ago, I talked about the nine pillars of truth and uh, how to rethink your life and, and started it off. And, and this week, we're going to look at one of those, uh, the mind of Christ. Uh, today, we're going to look at some of the, some of the big principles. And, and then uh, in the next few weeks, we're going to look at some, some details. In Isaiah 40, Isaiah asked the question, who understands the mind of the Lord? Well, Paul answered that in the New Testament. He said, we can. He said, we can because Christ knows and now Christ lives in us. Christ lives in us if we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 16 at the top of your outline. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things. For we have the mind of Christ. What does that look like to, to have the, the mind of Christ? Now, this is going to be old hat to a lot of you guys. This is what I told the elders in uh, Wednesday morning. And uh, it's old hat, but we don't necessarily apply it. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I'm going to keep preaching it as long as there's one not applying it. Amen? And sometimes that's me not applying it. I want to give you 10 characteristics. I know it's 10 blanks, but it's going to go fast. Of someone who, who thinks like Jesus, who uh, thinks like him, who has that, that mind of Christ. So when I think like Christ, number one, I know exactly who I am. I know exactly who I am. That means I'm not confused about my identity. Why? Because Jesus didn't have a doubt who he was. He knew who he was. 18 times in the New Testament, Jesus defines himself. I'm going to give you a few. John 6, 35, he said, I am the bread of life. John 8, 52 says, I am the light of the world. John 10, 11 says, I'm the good shepherd. John eleven twenty five 25 says, I am the resurrection and the life. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus knew who he was. Mark 14 said, I am the son of God. And that's just a few of them. Jesus had no doubt to who he was. And God wants you and me to know our true identity. Amen? That pumps me up just saying all that. Saying who my Lord and Savior is. I know you lost an hour of sleep, but you can get moving. Amen? <laughs> you can get moving. If, if you, you got to go to the Creator to tell you this. God is, is, is our Creator. And, and if you don't know who God made you to be, you're going to fall into some traps. You're going to waste your life. And if you don't know who you are, other folks are going to tell you who you are. They're going to tell you who you are. And, 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 and you're going to wind up living a phony life because they'll decide for you. 
a phony, fake life. You'll just be pretending and wearing a mask and being confused. I'm going to tell you, if you don't know your identity, it's going to create a lot of stress in your life. But with the mind of Christ, I know exactly who I am. I know who I am. Second thing is this. With the mind of Christ, I know God's purpose for my life. I know God's purpose for my life. Why? Because Jesus knew the purpose for his life. He knew. It was crystal clear. John 8, 14 says, I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going. Jesus said this at an early age of, of 12 when, when he was in the temple, and, and, and they left him there, and they came back, and he was teaching. And, and Mary was all concerned. She said, oh, Jesus, I, I'm so sorry we left you. She said, he said, Mom, I'm to be about my father's business. I'm to be about my father's business. Mm. Young kids get this. Young kids get this. So my question to you as, as parents, are you preparing your kids for God's purpose for their lives? Are you preparing it? Are you leaving it up to the one leaders? Are you leaving it up to the church, uh, uh, children's church? Parents, you got to be preparing. You got to be lifting, up, lifting them up on your shoulders where they can praise him. Jesus said, I came to give you life in all its fullness. But, but, but the night before he died, the Bible tells us that Jesus was deeply troubled, deeply troubled. But he knew that it was for, the Bible tells us it was for this purpose that he came to be a sacrifice. Because God wants you and me to know our purpose. And you get that when you have the mind of Christ. Number three, with the mind of Christ, I'm always aware that God is with me. I'm always aware that God is with me. Jesus lived in the presence of God. He stayed connected to the favor of God. No matter how busy he was, Jesus took time to pray. Did you notice that? He always took time to pray. John uh, 16, 32 says, Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. You see, with the mind of Christ, I'm not alone. The Father is with me. I'm going to tell you something. If you feel alone, here's, here's some news, a news flash for you. At that very moment, you don't have the mind of Christ. You don't have it. If you feel lonely, you don't have the mind of Christ. Well, how do you get there? Prayer. I love what, what Jesus said in Luke 5, 16. Uh, that he said, I often slip away. I often slip away to be with God, to, to pray. Often, that means it was a habit. It was a habit. I love the fact that Jesus prayed habitually. Mustache. Yep. No. How often? How often do you slip away and pray during the day? Just for a moment. How often do you slip away and pray? Well, I'm gonna tell you something, guys. Jesus is our Lord and Savior, right? If He felt the need to do it, 
We do too. You need it. I'm going to tell you guys, we miss the gifts of God when we fail to get with God. We miss it. If me or you are too busy for God, then we're too busy. And guess what? We're out of his will. Because his will is not for us to be busy. When we're too busy for him. I'm going to tell you something, guys. What I found out is I'll get more done here and there and, and everywhere if I pause for prayer. I'm going to be a rap artist. I just got to come up with a name and some pants that will hang way down. But I'm telling you, you'll get more done here and there and everywhere if you'll pause for prayer throughout the day. God, Psalm 46 says, be still and know that I'm God. Just be still and know that I'm God. When I have the mind of Christ, number four, I let God help me choose my words. Boy, this is where I fail sometimes. I let God help me choose my words. Guys, my question for you is, do you ask God to help you manage your mouth? Do you? John 4. What did I say? John 4, 29. It should be 12, 49. I have not spoken on my own. Instead, the Father who sent me tells me what I should say and how I should Say it. Jesus says, I don't speak on my own. I say what the Father has sent me to say. I say what and, 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 and how I say it. Guys, my question here is, do you think that you would have happier relationships if you let God the Father tell you how and what to say? Do you? Do you think that you would have less conflict if you let God the Father tell you what to say and what to type in on social media? If your mouth gets you in trouble frequently, then we need to learn to think like Jesus. We've got to put on the mind of Christ. Put on the mind of Christ. The fifth characteristic is this. I don't worry about pleasing everyone. I don't worry about pleasing everyone. That's a characteristic of Christ. Some of you that are people pleasers, people dominate your life. They control you. You're always worried about what other people think of you. And because of this, you can't be what God created you to be. But if you learn to think like Christ, you won't worry about pleasing everybody. Because like Jesus, you'll worry about pleasing God, and that's the only one. You'll have an audience of one. Amen? One. Jesus was never manipulated by crowds. He was never manipulated by the approval or the disapproval of anybody else. He lived for an audience of one. And that's what happens with the mind of Christ. 
John 5.30 says, I only try to please the one who sent me. Wouldn't that simplify life? If we only tried to please one person? Because we get stressed out trying to please everybody. Obviously, Jesus did a good job because God said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. And he just tried to please one. You can't please everybody. Even God can't do that. Right now, we got some people praying for it to stop raining. We got other people praying for it to keep raining. <laughs> Y'all notice that? We do. Keep it, keep it raining. God let it rain. And let me tell you something. As your pastor, I want you to know. I wrote it down so I, in, in the words that I, I'm acutely aware that I'm always disappointing somebody. I'm acutely aware of that. Why? Because you just can't please everybody. You just can't do it. Luke 16, 13 says no one can serve two masters. You can't serve two masters. You're going to hate one, you're going to love the other. So you've got to decide who you're going to serve. Do you want God's approval or do you want people's approval? You've got to decide that. When you have the mind of Christ, you won't need to look to other people for their other people. This is serious business for their, for their validation. When you have the mind of Christ, you don't need someone else's validation. Amen? Amen. You're, you're, you, when you have the mind of Christ, you won't be in a popularity contest. So my question here is, whose approval are you depending on for your happiness? Whose approval are you depending on upon for your happiness? Number six, uh, if you want to think like Christ, is this. I depend on God's power instead of my own. I depend on God's power instead of my own. I don't know if you realize this while we've been speaking and probably the rest of the time, uh, uh, but all of these verses, just about all of them that I've shared with you today are direct quotes of Jesus Christ. Did y'all know that? Don't say you did. <laughs> but they're almost direct quotes of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, these are powerful words from our Savior. From our Savior. These are the letters in red. John 5, 19, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by Himself. He can do only what He sees His Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Now, if Jesus Christ is that dependent, so are you and I. If He's that dependent, so how do you know if you're doing, uh, trying to do everything in your own power? I'm going to tell you how you know. You're tired. You're tired all the time because you're trying to do it all on your power instead of God's. Let me tell you something about human power. It runs out. It runs out. Number seven. The one I've almost been dreading getting to. To have the mind of Christ. I forgive my enemies and those who hurt me. I forgive my enemies and those who hurt me. 
I'm going to say that again. I'm going to tell you something, guys. We don't do this in well. This is a hallmark of Jesus Christ. It makes him different from every other leader. Religious or otherwise in history. You see this on the cross. Luke 23, 34 says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. He's hanging there in, 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 in agony and pain. And he says, for, Father, forgive them. This is the mind of Christ, to be willing to forgive the people who hurt you. Who hurt you. Just this week. I tell telling Sue back there, I said, I just almost hate sometimes teaching some things. I have to live through it. We're going through the bait of Satan. I was heavily hurt and offended by someone Thursday night. I was down at work. I was offended. I was hurt. Nick told me, he said, he gave me a verse to read. He said, Jim, you're a Psalm 112 man. Do y'all know what a Psalm 112 man is? Go look it up like I did. It's a good thing. It was, the, it was one of the utmost compliments that a man could give me. I didn't feel like a Psalm 112 man. I was mad. I was mad. Mad all day Friday. Friday night. Mad all day Saturday. Didn't speak to this young man. Saturday afternoon. On the way to a wedding. I had just gone over this section. I realized I hadn't forgiven him. That I was mad. I turned on the Hall Station Road instead of going to the wedding. I made it to the wedding. But I stopped and I said, Luke, can you come out here? I'd like to talk to you, son. I said, I don't want to live another minute away from you. He said, I'm sorry, Dad. I said, me too. I said, I love you. You see, I've met people and I know people that know the scripture like the back of the hand. They know the scripture from the index to the maps. But they have broken relationships. You can have all the knowledge in the world. But if pride keeps you away from saying, I'm sorry, I forgive you. You're wrong and you're dumber than dirt. You're wrong. You're wrong. 
it don't take much. You can know all that scripture, but you're unwilling to forgive. And people are suffering. What good is it to know about it and not apply it? So my question is to you, who has hurt you the most? Who has hurt you the most? Who is it that you won't let go of? Who is it that, that's holding you back? If someone's holding you back with their hurt and your hurt and all that, you don't have the mind of Christ. You don't have the mind of Christ. And when you hold on to a hurt, who you hurt? Yeah, it's kind of like drinking poison, expect the other person to die. Don't forgive someone because they, they deserve it. Forgive because you've been forgiven. Forgive so that it won't hinder your relationship with God. Stop holding on to that pain. You're hurting yourself emotionally. And I'm going to tell you something. You hold on long enough, you'll hurt yourself physically. Jesus... But Jesus just didn't stop with forgiveness, though. I love Matthew 5, 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies and bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Wow. That's the mind of Christ. That's the mind of Christ. Guys, it's healing to love. It's healthy to love. It's happy to love. To have the mind of Christ. You see, without the mind of Christ, you're going to have the mind of the world. Without the mind of Christ, you're going to have the mind of the devil. What's that going to do for you? I'm going to tell you what it does. It leaves you in pain. The mind of Christ, number eight, on the back side of your page. With the mind of Christ, I'm willing to sacrifice for others. Now, lots of folks sacrifice for themselves. But if you're going to, to be like Christ, and if you're going to have the mind of Christ, you must be willing to sacrifice for others. John 10, 14, 15 says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. I lay down my life means I sacrifice myself for the benefit of other people. We got to think like Jesus. The Bible tells us that Jesus said he came to serve. He came to serve others, not to be served. It says he gave his life as ransom for many. He came to serve and he came to give. Jesus said giving your life away is to know what it is to truly live. To truly live. Well, you might say, well, Jim, he was divine. He, he was the Savior. He was supposed to sacrifice. Well, if you're going to think like Jesus, if you're going to have the mind of Christ, 
you're going to have to learn to sacrifice too. Because we're going through everything that, that he went through. Here's what I found out through life of 58 years now, I've told you before, is you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. You just can't do it. Loving and giving just kind of go together, hand in hand. You guys know John 3.16, don't you? But the, but the same author, John, wrote another verse, 1 John 3.16. Let me read this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. To me, that verse gives us a whole new understanding of being a Christ follower. We ought to lay down. People are going to know us by how we love one another. If you don't love everybody in here, if you don't love someone in here and you're treating them badly, please don't tell folks you come here. Amen. <laughs> I got a list of other churches I'd like for you to tell them you go to. Amen. <laughs> mind of Christ and then number nine. We're going to have the mind of Christ. I want to do God's will, not mine. I want to do God's will, not mine. When I have the mind of Christ, John 6, 38, I came to do what God wants me to do, not what I want to do. Let me read that again. I came to do what God wants me to do, not what I want to do. Says nobody. <laughs> except for Jesus. Those are his words. Those are his words. That's radical. According to today, that's radical. Wouldn't y'all agree that I came to do what God wants me to do, not what I want to do? Because today it's all about me. Not hardly anybody woke up this morning and said, I want to give my life away. Not one of the phrases I hear the most is, I got to do what's best for me. Well, that ain't what Jesus said. Jesus said, I got to do what's best for you. I got to do what's best for me and my family. Jesus said, no, I got to do what's best for God. John 14, 31 says, but the world must know that I love the Father. So I do exactly what the Father told me to do. Come now, let us go. Do you want to know, do you want the world to know that you love God? Then obey. Obey Obedience is evidence of love. Now, it's easy to do what God tells you to do when it's easy. It's easy to do what God tells you to do when it's fun. But what about those times that God tells you to do something when it's painful? I got news for you. We're all going to go through pain. If God didn't spare his son from pain... Mean you're gonna get it too. He didn't spare his own son from pain. To think like Jesus is, is, is to do God's will even when it hurts, even when it's difficult, even when it costs me. Look at Jesus the night before he, he dies. He's in this, this garden called Gethsemane. And he knows. 
what's about to happen. He knows the physical pain, the, the emotional pain that's ahead of him. Mark 14, 36 is Abba, Father. He cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done and not mine. Abba, Father. Do you know that's the first word that, that a young Israel boy learned? Is Abba? Because it's easy to say, Abba. It's an intimate word for their dad. Abba, Abba. So he moved right into being real intimate with God. And then he, he begins to cry out. Guys, we're going to be in pain and hurt. But sometimes we are going, you and me, are going to have to suffer for the benefit of other people. But he's teaching us to go ahead and pray this Gethsemane prayer. Number one, pray in faith, knowing that God can change it. Number two, ask for help. Ask for a miracle. Ask for relief. Ask for deliverance. But the third thing is you got to surrender just like what he said. Even though I'm asking you to take it away, I just surrender to you in humility. I want your will and not mine. That's maturity. That's the mind of Christ. That's the mind of Christ. Paul tells us in Philippians 2, 8, 9, uh, because of that, because of his prayer of, 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 of faith and asking and humility, the result is, is that God lifted him up. Jesus humbled himself. God lifted him up to the highest place. And guess whose name is more powerful in all the earth? Jesus. Jesus, because he humbled himself. You humble yourself, God will lift you up. Last one, last characteristic of the mind of Christ is I think with an eternal perspective. I think with an eternal perspective. Guys, I got news for you. There's more to life than just here and now. Than just here and now. I'm going to tell you what's unbearable. We talk about what's unbearable. And I've been hearing people talk about this, this fear, this, this coronavirus and all that. And, and, and I get it. I'm not making fun of anybody. But, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I refuse to operate in fear. And love cast out all fear. I think the most unbearable pain there is, is a life without purpose. Is a life without purpose. Guys, we've got to look past our pain. Jesus did that on the cross. If you're looking at the very here and now, you're going to get discouraged and give up. You're going to be depressed. There were some rewards in heaven that, that Jesus valued them more. Amen? So I've got to ask you, do you value your rewards in heaven more? Hebrews 12, 2 says, we must keep our eyes on Jesus who leads us and makes our faith complete. He endured the shame being nailed to a cross because he knew later on he would be glad he did. Now he is seated at the right side of God's throne. Guys, I, I want to tell you, musicians, if you guys want to come up, take, if you want to come up, here's where we get this back to this, what we talked about two weeks ago, about repentance. Repentance being a positive word. Repentance being, uh, it, it means to change your mind. Guys, I want to, I want to tell you today, repent. And change your mind. Don't think of your life like you used to. Think like Christ. Well, how do I do that? Fill in these last two blanks real quick. How do I do that? It's a simple way. It's this. Study his life and his words in the Bible. Study his life and his words in the Bible. The secondly, 
Ask God to show me the meaning and how it applies to my life today. Ask God to show me the meaning and how do I apply it to, to my life today. Repent. Repent. I'm going to tell you, I had to do that yesterday. I had to do that yesterday. I had let in pride. I had let in anger and hurt in between my son and I. Thus far hindering my relationship with God the Father. I had to have a change of mind. I had to repent. So guys, I got to ask you today, have you repented? Have you had a change of mind? Have you had a change of heart? Have you had a change of action? As they sing, and I want you to know that the altar's open. I'll pray for you. I'll pray with you. He came so that we would have life. I pray that every one of you be men of Psalm 112 and women of Psalm 112. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you so much for a different mindset, not one of this world, not one of other people, but one of you. I thank you that we know who we are. I thank you that we have a purpose. Lord, I pray for those that have the knowledge but not acting it out. I pray that they would free themselves today with repentance. Lord, we love you, and it's in your mighty name, powerful name, that I pray. Amen.